Welcome to It's an EDRN. On today's episode, we're going to talk about how, in my rush to ensure I don't permanently fuck up my back, performing the many physical requirements of this job, I accidentally joined a CrossFit-ish gym. I'm definitely in over my head, and it's scary, especially after learning that's also where they want the 50-pound weights to go. Over my over my head. I'm your host in EDRN, and I hope you'll stick around to listen. It's an E. It's a D. It's an EDRN. It's an E. Dance for emergency. It's a D. Dance for department. It's an ED. Not erectile dysfunction. Episode 39, and EDRN gets swole. Welcome to my podcast, It's an EDRN. I am your host in EDRN, and today we're going to talk about the fact that I joined a gym, which objectively should be a good thing. Um, however, it is exactly like what I think CrossFit is, which is not what I was going for. I am not a beefcake. I have soft, doughy arms and only slightly less soft, doughy legs, and those have served me well for many, many, many years, and yet here I am doing my best in this new experience that I'm having, and now we're going to talk about it. If you're new to this show, this is not a fitness-oriented program. (laughs) This is kind of a one-off. I don't want to spend a lot of time here. It's not my favorite subject, but I am a nurse. Um, I've been a nurse for 11 years, almost 12 now. I did med surge, I did ICU, and then I was a nurse manager for a time, a time in my life which I would gladly forget and almost have succeeded in forgetting that, actually, since I've been back to bedside in the emergency department at a level one trauma center for the last year and a half. And it has been awesome. I love it. There is one thing, however, that lately has been slightly um, worrying me, and that is the physical requirements of this job and the high potential for me to injure my small, soft, doughy body. And in fact, I did on two occasions. The first occasion, I do not know what I did. I just remember near the end of my shift, and this was about a year ago, my back just started to seize up from my mid to lower back. I mean... The muscles just just uh, gradually just squeezing and squeezing and squeezing to the point where when I was walking out to my car, I was trying my hardest not to make noises at how much pain I was feeling. And I must have lifted something wrong. Luckily, I had a few days off. I put heat on it, but like I was out for two days. I fucked up my back. And then most recently, we had a code situation where an alive patient suddenly was not alive. And it was at the point 
in the trauma where everyone kind of was like leaving the trauma bay. We were getting ready to go to CT and suddenly the blood pressure on the art line was just steadily going down. And right as I kind of, I feel like was about to say something about it, like the art line pleth disappeared. And I was like, well, shit, checked her pulse, no pulse. So I jumped right on. And for the first time in a while, because we have the Lucas device that does compressions for us, I was doing physical manual compressions on this person whose ribs I definitely cracked. Um, I was, I mean, the adrenaline pumps and you just go for it. And you're not thinking about like, am I really strong enough to be performing at this level? You just, you put everything you have in it because you are trying to save someone's life. And that evening I discovered what I think people refer to as your traps up here. <laughs> the part of your shoulders that connects to your neck. Uh, uh, it was sore for days and painful. And it took me, uh, again, a little while to figure out what I had done. But I figured out it was, it was the chest compression. So this essentially, all this to say... I need to be in a different state of physical fitness to hopefully prevent injury on the job so that I can keep doing this job for some time. And as you'll find out later in this episode, that may not even be true. But sticking with the workout theme, because really I just want to talk about this gym. It's just something I never thought I would do. So I just want to give a short history of my time with physical fitness, my relationship to it. I was born into a skinny family and taught that skinny was healthy. And so I was like, great, I'm healthy. Nothing more I need to do about that. Of course, that is not the case. We know that skinny does not mean healthy. And people with larger body habitus are not unhealthy. It's much more nuanced and complicated than that. Much more nuanced and complicated than we're going to get into today. However, the first time I think my first interaction with a gym was when I joined a volleyball team in high school. And I was not very good at it. And I thought maybe I wasn't good at it because I wasn't physically strong. Around this same time, my family must have come into some money because suddenly we were able to join a gym, which was never something we had ever done before. So it was like a whole family thing. We would go to the gym. Uh, my brothers played basketball. I played volleyball. And, you know, they had all the machines and everything, and that was fun. Working out was fun. It wasn't that frequent because it was difficult to coordinate the whole family. And when you're young, when you're in high school, like your body, you work out for a week and you're like, huh, you know? whatever huh, means in physical fitness world. But yeah, it's it's easy. You build muscle like nothing. You're, you're young. You're fit. It's great. Um, through college, and I, I, by the way, I did not last long in volleyball. It turns out hand-eye coordination is the problem, not physical fitness. <laughs> in In college and stuff, I really did not give it a second thought. You know, I was pretty active, but I, I didn't, like, work out just – wasn't really a thing. Um, after getting married and kind of being in my mid-20s, and I, I don't know, you just get to a point where, like, most people in your life are talking about working out, and you're like, is this a thing I should do? So you join the local 24-hour fitness, and you go for a while, and then you just stop. 
flash forward to my early 30s, I discovered ClassPass. And this is where I really came into a phase in my life where I was in the best possible shape. I had moved to Austin, Texas, which is a town of fitness. Just, I mean, we lived in an apartment and within a a, a five-minute walking radius, there were like five gyms, three yoga studios, um, kickboxing, three spin studios, like every kind of fitness, paddle boarding, like everything. And ClassPass was this app where you could go to all the things for a set fee as many times as you want. And I found that something that's important to me when I work out, apparently, is there needs to be other people there. I need someone yelling at me or instructing me. You know, the yelling isn't, I think, the thing, but... I I needed that. I needed structure. I needed the workout starts at this time. I tell you what to do the whole time, and then you leave at this time. I needed something I could schedule, and I needed something that I had to sign up for. I needed expectations. I needed someone expecting me to show up. That's why, like, just an open gym situation does not work for me. Also, I have no clue what to do. No clue. And class pass was great, and I was just feeling good. My body could do things. And then the pandemic happened and gyms became, I mean, workout classes, spin classes, all those things, bar classes, like yoga, yoga, I miss you the most. It just became dangerous, scary. And that carried well over into last year. I bought a Peloton because I just had to do something. Because it's funny, when you get accustomed to, or when I got accustomed to the endorphins I feel after working out and the kind of social aspect of it and the outfits, oh God, the outfits. I Really, I'm just doing it for the fashion. When you get used to all of that and the feelings around it, and then suddenly that's, and very suddenly, that is taken away from you, it is so hard to feel that chemical space in the same way. So I worked a few extra shifts. I bought us a Peloton, and it was like a taste of it again. Just a taste. <laughs> and it, and it, and it worked, and it works to this day, you know. I still use it because I really enjoy, uh, uh, you know, a 30-minute a pop ride with Cody. I, I like that, if you know, you know. But what I'm not getting at home is strength. I'm, I'm not building, like, muscle. My cardio's good, but what a self-indulgent episode this truly you can stop listening at any time this is just silly we are going to get into like some research in a moment let's just let's get there okay uh whatever pandemic peloton now i find out after these kind of pseudo injuries that i i didn't have to miss work for them thankfully but a number of my Co-workers who I enjoy, that's important, um, work out at this gym. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to work out at that, that, that gym too. It was kind of an, 
a very impulsive decision that took a that was building up for a very long time. And I joined and I went to the first class and I was like, and this is CrossFit. <laughs> it isn't because I can't call it that, but it's like, you know, those bars with the big old circles on them, the weights, uh, it's the whole thing. I am learning to mitigate that. Uh, I am at a point in my life where I have truly nothing to prove. So if you hand me a bar with weights on it, first thing I'm going to do is make you take all the weights off the bar. And after that, if that bar is over 20 pounds, I am not putting it over my head. I worked out with a PVC pipe for my first class, and I have no shame. The bar is still too heavy for me, so I use uh, dumbbells. And I will do that until I'm ready. I'm also not jumping on a box. I am not scraping the shit out of my shins. I will step up onto that box, and that's good enough for me. (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about this near-constant fear that I feel like is a shared feeling between nurses, and that is that one day we are going to fuck up our back, our knee, our neck, and we will never be the same. And this is actually a a well-researched eventuality for a startling number of RNs. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, as RNs, we have a higher than average rate of workplace injury. Also illness, and this is across healthcare, but especially for nurses and especially for nurses working in the hospital. And these are not just injuries that result in, you know, you having to pop a couple of leave. These are specifically injuries. This statistic is for injuries that result in days away from work, however many that is. Also as nurses, and this is what I have gathered through much of the messaging, we get blamed when we are injured. And I think we all know this because... How many times have you heard, or maybe this has happened to you personally, where you say, oh, man, I really tweaked my back on that patient or whatever, and some person near you, some maybe some authority figure in the hospital is like, well, you should have used the lift equipment, or you should have gotten more help. I can't tell you how sick I am of having to exist in a reality that at once says we can we can expect you to do more with less less people less training less money but then also blames you when something happens as a direct result of that i work in an emergency department in a trauma bay it makes no logistical sense to grab a portable lift to lift a patient every time EMS shows up. It's untenable. It's not possible. Is it possible? Fine. Is it possible? Yes. Is it plausible? No. We have one. So we have one lift in the entire emergency department. It runs only off of uh, being plugged in. It has no battery power. The plug is like five feet, which basically is nothing. (laughs) We are deadlifting every patient. 
We are sliding every patient over from stretchers. Like, that's just a fact, and it has to happen. We're jumping on patients' chests and pushing as hard as we can at a set pace for two minutes at a time. That's not easy to do. And you have to do it. Or that person stays dead. And that just sincerely is not an option. It's very difficult to accept the blame for these things when you're not given what you need in any way, shape, or form. There is a hilarious article. I found it to be pretty funny. It's a CDC article talking about back injuries specifically and healthcare workers. And the article itself is kind of funny, but the comment section makes it even better. It's it's basically an article saying that there is evidence to support the use of things like lifts and transfer devices and all of this, things we already fucking know. But because we're not in charge of purchasing these things, and because no one can be bothered to install a lift over every trauma bay, it's not going to happen. I've worked in med surge and I've worked in ICU, and in none of those places over the years has there been a lift, an electronic ceiling lift in every room. In fact, the last like actual unit I worked on, there were it was a 30-bed unit, brand new hospital. Brand new hospital. And there were only 10 lifts. If we had a patient that needed turning every couple of hours, we would have to put in a work order to have someone come up to our unit, uninstall a lift off the track in one room, and move it to another room. Also, they would not do this if a patient was physically in the room. So while they were doing this, we had to pull that patient out into the hallway to have this lift installed. (laughs) It's ludicrous. And you will be blamed if you injure your back at work. And they will do everything possible to put the blame on you so that they don't have to pay for any of it. And that's just facts. It was interesting, however, to find out in this article, the, the authors of the article made a response to someone who commented that nurses just need to be more physically fit and eat healthy, and then they wouldn't get injured on the job. <laughs> Which, honestly, was basically my thinking for myself, but hearing someone else say it, it really brings out how gross that is, that expectation of health and wellness, especially for us in this current climate But to the researchers' credit, they did respond with this gem, which I'm just going to quote, starts in the middle of their sentence. So dot, 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 quote, most of the research evidence on patient handling indicates that strength training and exercise are not, by themselves, sufficient for preventing overexertion injuries. So I just joined a gym that turned out to be a CrossFit gym for the purposes of preventing injury at work, and it turns out that's not going to help. There's no evidence to say that that's going to help, so I feel real great right now. For your information, 35 pounds 
is the maximum per person amount that anyone should be lifting. I find it interesting that there's only one number for anyone, regardless of like, I guess, physical ability, but there it is. Basically what this means is if you get a patient who is 175 pounds, which I would say is a good average, you need five people to lift that person. If the person is over 200 pounds, so like 250 pounds, you need seven people. I dare you, I dare you, I dare you to think about the last time you had five or more people helping you move a patient. I just, I dare you. Essentially, what I'm trying to say is this. I joined a gym in, for no reason. <laughs> I did not want that to be the message of this episode, but that is basically what it is. And you know what? Do what you got to do. If working out isn't for you, don't do it. Protect your body. Protect your coworkers' bodies. Uh, if you really are just fearing the eventuality of permanently destroying your back for the rest of your life, there are a lot of RN jobs out there that do not involve the necessity of moving patients, deadlifting patients, or chest compressions. There's a lot of those jobs. Am I going to do them? No. But certainly you should check them out because, oof, barf. And now it's time for some tips and tricks. And these, I mean, these are mostly tailored to the person who wants to work out. And I don't care why you want to work out. I don't even care if it's some, you know, reason people are telling you is gross. Like, I just want to look a certain way. I, I really don't. I'm not here to. I think we can recognize that the societal standards of physical fitness and um, appearance are at the same time patriarchal and sexist and unreasonable and also sometimes you just want to look a certain way way more nuanced conversation than I'm prepared to do so these tips take them or leave them tip number one know your why why are you working out if you don't know why you're working out you're probably not going to do it. it's hard enough I, I've been scared into working out by a couple of injuries that I have decided would not have happened if my back were stronger or my neck were stronger. Um, there's really no research to back that up. So, yeah, tip number two, I guess. Tell everyone. <laughs> Shame is a powerful motivator. No, kind of kidding, but not kidding. But also, I'm just kidding. Encouragement is a very good motivator. And I started telling people at my work, I really need to work out. And then they started telling me this is how they work out or this is what they do. And that's kind of how I got into this gym situation. But, you know, I'm not mad at it because I can work out with my friends. I can work out with my coworkers. It's another way to bond. And knowing people and really vibing with them becomes really important when you are trying to save people's lives. Tip number three kind of an extension of the previous tip, but make it social. Work out with your friends. Work out where they work out. Bring your friends with you to where you work out or just simply make friends wherever you are doing the physical thing that you're doing. Maybe it's a running group. Maybe you go hiking. Maybe you 
do a Zoom meeting where you're all yogaing at the same time. There's just there's so much out there, but it, I feel like it just for me anyway has to be tied to other people doing it with me. Otherwise, I don't get as much out of it. So, and finally, I have one trick. Reward yourself. So I like to set up an arbitrary goal for myself, and then I tie that goal to a reward. And then if I follow through on that goal, I get the reward. So a lot of times this just looks like more workout clothes (laughs) that I like. (laughs) And it's like if I work out three times a week for for a month, I get to buy this thing. It's completely arbitrary and made up, and it means something to me. And so I do it. And I, I cannot ever talk about working out again because this honestly does feel gross at this point. And let's just forget this ever happened. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If so, please subscribe. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell your nurse friends to listen. Working out and fitness culture can be a cesspool of unrealistic body standards, sexism, patriarchy, misogyny. You just take your pick, but also you need your back for the rest of your life and endorphins. So thank you for listening and have a safe shift. It's a media ring is written and produced by me. Our senior editor is me. The theme song is written and performed by, tragically, also me. All views and opinions expressed in this podcast are my own and do not reflect the standards and positions of any healthcare entity that I may or may not be working for. Although I am a nurse, things I say in this podcast are not a stand-in for professional medical advice, and everything you hear from Randalls on the internet should absolutely be validated across multiple other reliable sources.